Blog Talk Radio. My name is Yvonne, the Motivator Man, and you're listening to Let's Talk About It on the Hilltop Radio Show. This is the show that gives you the hot topics in a cool way. From 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., knocking the hump out of your Wednesday with classic R&B, along with a whole lot of motivation to send you smooth into the weekend. Good guests, great talk. Please call in at 516-453-9110. Ask questions, make statements, or just chat. Make sure you watch your mouth and your comments. Because me and DJ Sean, we talk back. Yes, sir, we talk back. Let's talk about it. Uh, we'll be right back after this quick jam from, uh, let's see, this quick jam from, um, oh, I think we got it back. Hello. You, okay, you with us. There you are. Okay. All right. I'm good to go. Yes, ma'am. Hey, good people. I'm so sorry. My internet just went buck wild. You know that I'm going to give all teeth a piece of my mind, probably two pieces. Um, And I'm going back to Verizon because I never had this problem with Verizon. But I want to thank all of y'all for tuning in tonight. You have tuned in to Let's Talk About It. I am your host, Yvonne, the Motivator Man. And you know, when life throws you a curveball, you just got to hit it straight out the field. And that's what I'm doing tonight. Uh, Today is International Women's Day, and we have a great lineup for you. I want to say a happy day to all my women and all of you that are out there, you know, just getting it done, doing what you got to do. Um, let's, let's get it done because this is our time. So I believe we have a caller and I want to say thank you to the best DJ in the world. That's DJ Sean. Um, you know, he helps me do what I do for y'all and we have a caller. Let him come on in. Before I get started. I'm sorry. The mic is open. Hello, Carla. Hello, Sedna. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good, Miss Edna. You a little early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um, I had finished what I was doing, so. Okay. I was one of the Yeah. All right. Um, I did have you in at nine because I have chef in at okay. eight thirty. But um, okay. you know what? Right. If you listen, if you if you got time, we can start. We can let chef come. And then we can come back too. If you know if that's what you got time for, I'm good. Okay. 
All right, whatever works for you. Okay, I'm here. I'm here till ten, till ten, so I'm good. I want to introduce <laughs> to everybody um, Edna White. Edna has been my life coach from time and time. Always been my mentor. She is such an inspirational and encouraging individual, and I wanted her on the show tonight because this is March, and you know, they say marching into, you know, the new year. This is month number three, and it's International Women's Day. So we want to speak to women about marching into your destiny and what that means and what that looks like and what it takes to do that because a lot of times, you know, we talk we talk a good talk, but we can't walk it. And, you know, we live in dream state. One day I'm gonna, one day I'm gonna, and you look up and it's five years later, it's 10 years later, it's 20 years later, and then it's 30 years later, you've given yourself the excuse, well, I'm too old to do it now. Um, so I want Miss Edna to come on in here and give us some tips for uh, some, some living our dreams and getting some goals accomplished and just living a good life. You know, good life doesn't mean that you're a multimillionaire, I'm not saying that you won't be, but giving a good life is something much, much more than having money. It's having peace and it's having joy. So, Ms. Edna, welcome to Let's Talk About It and Let's Do Just That. Talk about it. How are you this evening? I am wonderful. I'm doing pretty good and just got off teaching another class, so I'm excited. Um, and I apologize for coming in so early. I was like, oh, I guess I'll just listen in then. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I was just too excited. I think that's what it was. And thank you, Yvonne, for having me. I really appreciate that. Well, you know, I'm excited so, to have you. You know, like I said, yeah. you, are my, you are my mentor. So who would be better to speak to um, my audience this evening than you? Right. So you know what? Tell yeah, people yeah. all the stuff you do because okay. I, okay. I just touched <laughs> on a little bit. But Miss Edna do so, so, okay. so, so much. Well, it's not so much. This is part of my personality. But I'm I'm an author, a motivational speaker. I am a real estate professional for over 20 years. Um, had my own had my own offices. I'm a facilitator, podcaster, and I'm a life performance coach. And my specialty is uh, working with those the heal heal traumas, uh, and especially generational traumas for the um, black women. So that's what I do. You know, and it all kind of works together. You know, I have, you know, volunteerism that I am in the community as a president of a chamber in Gordon Heights, and I also am the executive chair of the Economic Development and Housing with the NAACP for KVIT. So I do a lot, but it all works together. (laughs) You know, it's just so wonderful to be in your purpose. When When you find your purpose, everything just kind of flows. So... It's not that hard. I'm not changing hats anymore. I love it, but I'm not. I'm just me, so I love it. I think we lost. I think we lost Yvonne again. Oh Lordy. <laughs> yeah. Oh yep. my. Oh, she's goodness. back again. Hold on. She popped back up. Hold on. Okay. There you are. All right, everybody, forgive me. I don't know what's going on with the internet in my building tonight. This is so frustrating. But you know what? I will keep on moving because there's nothing that will stop me. 
Um, so, Miss Edna, you know, continue where you left off. I'm sorry. No, that was it. I, when I, I was thinking about what you're saying, marching in, and, well, I'm a bird, so I like to fly around, and I don't, I don't <laughs> mark. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to, I thought about three things, three essential things when you're stepping into your destiny. And there's a, um, there's a quote that um, John, uh, John de la Fontaine has said, a person often meets his destiny on the road he took to avoid it. So a lot of times we want to avoid our destiny. We want to put it off. But when you get into it, it's so easy because you worry with all your limitations. But like Yvonne said, if you're marching forward, you're moving forward, your destiny is there for you um, in the most, you know, unworthy places sometimes. You know, it doesn't even look like, you know, you look at it, that's my destiny. And it really it takes you to shine it up. So that's really, uh, you know, what I thought about when you said that to me. And my three steps does, is to, to step into your destiny, and we can't do it alone. We, when we're stepping into our destiny, we, can, we come here in this world to relate. And we got to learn to do that effectively. we got to learn to do that from our authentic self. And we can't, do, we can't step into our destiny alone, you know, and we can't do it most much less without God, but we can't do it without other people. And it's a deep, deep, you know, sense of being with being involved with other people and accomplishing things with them. So you need to have that search within yourself for that emptiness because we think and we talk about, you know, um, we say to ourselves, well, I can do this alone and I, I, I don't need anybody, but that's a trauma response. That's not a God response. It's a trauma response. And you can't, you, you're, you're here to relate to people and move toward where you need to go because everywhere you look, there's people. <laughs> so you've you got to be relating to them, you know? So you've got to, yeah. it's a road. It's not, you know, I don't know what it, they think it is, but even in the past, there's people. On a road, there's people. So you have to remember that you're not here alone. So you got to choose to really look deep in and say, hey, I'm not here by myself, so let's do this, you know. And, it's, and you can accomplish some things by yourself, but why? Why do that? Why struggle when, you know, you tend to be here to relate to others? My second step is, my second step is to, and to step into your destiny is we need to surround ourselves with the right team. A lot of times, um, I tell um, the women when they talk about their business, and they say, I don't have enough time in a day. So sure you do. You have 24 hours. That's what God gave everybody. What you have is hero syndrome. You're trying to do everything yourself. That's a hero syndrome. You want to just do everything, take the credit, win or lose, whatever it is, you want to have all the attention to you. So you have to get out of that. Because then you have to stay, in order to step into your destiny, you need a great team. And I'll go, I'll just go to with David. When he was stepping into the destiny that God gave him, he had unique talents and abilities, and he could use them, and he joined other people with that characteristic. He joined other people, people that, that, that they thought, hey, he's not good enough. That person's not good enough, you know? You know, um... He was with a man that was like banished, 
Either you you used to be messing with him, but he was able with all the abilities that, and you, unique talents that God gave him to make him part of the team. So you got to have that. You got to you got to make somebody's will. You know, you know, creating creating somebody else, inspiring somebody that will be on your team and be your tribe. So you know that will fight for you and be you be there for you. That will support for you. And in supporting is you know that means a rah rahing you and buying your books and buying your this and whatever you're doing, being part of that. That's support. That's that's creating you know a real stronghold. With a relationship, and it does, and then, and you do that for a team. You create the right team. Who is on your team? You know, with all our traumas that we have, we sometimes we pick the wrong pe- people. You know, we pick the wrong ones. So we need to step into our destiny, surround ourselves with the right team. That was going to be my question when you said, you know, don't do it alone. You know, um, yeah. ask for help or get help, and then. You know, yeah. build your team. So, you know, we come across a lot of people, and I hate to be um, Debbie Downer, but we do. We come across a lot of people that would rather suck the life out of us um, and pretend mm-hmm. they're helping us than to help us. So once you've gone through that, you're like kind of, you know, thrown off of bringing anybody into your circle or even joining someone else's tribe because... Out yeah. here, it's it, it's pretty it's pretty crazy, you know. Um, yeah. I I know myself. I've come in contact with people that I thought was going to help me, um, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes you you have a gift and you just don't know what to do with it. But there's other mm-hmm. people that do. And instead of saying, "Hey, do you know you could try A B C D E F G?" They just rather mm-hmm. watch the ground out here, you know. Um, yeah, but so, those are the people that have hero syndrome. They they they're their own hero. They 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 don't need anybody. They're they're heroes and then they burn out. So they're really not they're not there to help you at all. So how, those are that kind of team. So how do we build a team? How do we build a successful team? How do we have a successful tribe? Okay, so what you really gotta do is get out of your trauma. Your trauma is what's keeping you where you are and out of your destiny, out of your purpose. That's what's doing it. So a lot of us ignore. A lot of us put it to the side, you know, don't listen to it. You know, it, it'll work itself out, you know, and I'm not saying anything against it, but a lot of people give it to God and God didn't tell you to give it to him. You, that's something you have to work out. As a human, you have to work that out. Mm-hmm. And we are so afraid to work it out. We are so afraid to meet ourselves. The beauty about that is in the Bible, they talk about the, 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 um, the apostle was told to go one, one way, and he, he, he said, nah, nah, I'm staying right here. And so along came an angel and said, you know, you got to do what God say, go that way, you know, nah, nah, nah. So they got into this entanglement, and they began to wrestle with each other, right? Yeah. So as he wrestled with him, he was changed forever. How was he changed? Well, the hip bone is the biggest bone in the body. Why? Because that, that's what God made us, right? But it's the strongest bone in the body. So when you break that, you really have to be breaking something. You really right. got to be doing some serious, you know, serious things. So doing that, that says to me, if, if that angel, if wrestling with 
my destiny can break me like this, what could you imagine what if I go this way, how it would change me altogether? We're too busy trying to live in our trauma because we, we literally he was sitting there saying, hey, I haven't got it to tell these people. These people, you know, he's in himself and not listening to the destiny. So how we build a, a tribe is to get out of our own trauma. Get a, when they say get out of our own way, that's what it means, get out of our own trauma. Realize what our trauma is, deal with our trauma, talk about, it, talk about our trauma, and talk through our trauma so we can recover, so we can be able to use those tools that are in, within us to, to heal from that. That's, and, and we will be an authentic, confident person. Once we come through from that, everything else is like awesome source because we start attracting that because you're not dealing with your own trauma. You're not, work, you're not looking at people from the vision of you. You're looking at the, the vision of a clear space, you know, in, a, in the God sense, in the higher self of you. So that's when you, when you take away all your trauma. You're looking at it a different, totally different way. And your energy is high. So what you vibrate, you're going to draw. So what you're you're vibrating high, you're going to draw high. So what you're saying is that we, we are struggling so much inside of ourselves and, yep. and with who we are that we can't even focus on what we're supposed to, what our purpose is. What we're, we're nope. struggling with, okay, who am I? And, and our purpose is attached to who I am, right? But mm-hmm. like you said, the trauma, you know, it could be words that someone said, so you believe you're no good. You know, you believe yep. you're stupid. You believe you can't do it. So you're struggling yep. so much in that that your purpose suffers because it's yep. sitting there waiting for you to get a clue. Because you know? the purpose doesn't suffer. You suffer. Your purpose just waits. It just sits there and waits. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go to anybody else. It just sits there and waits. So you get it together. You can get it together at 80, and guess what? You're in your purpose. <laughs> it's your, you right. know, you get it when you get it. Right. So when it comes, when it comes to trauma, right, I think a lot yeah. of us have had so much embedded in us that we don't realize we're traumatized. We believe that, well, this yeah. is the way I was brought up. This is the way I am, and this is okay. So how do we start recognizing the trauma that is defeating us, the trauma that keeps us from our purpose, our trauma from just keeping us from ourselves and enjoying the life we should have? So we, we often forget about, okay, so in order to deal with trauma, we have to realize that there is trauma. And a lot of times we don't realize it, right? But we know when we have bad behavior. We don't check ourselves from our bad behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that's just simple, you know, a child knows when they fall out and have a tantrum, what's going to come next. Either they're going to get yelled at, put in the corner, you know, or, you know, stripped to some kind of, you know, um, thing that they love. They know what's coming because they're looking out for it. They're going to start, start saying sorry early. As adults, we don't do that. We don't realize that there's a child in us that acts up. So we have to really take note of our own, not nobody else's, 
what our problem is most of the time, we're trying to figure out with trauma, why they doing what they do, when really it's supposed to be, why am I doing what I do? That's so true. we have to take note of that. That's really good because how many times have you looked at somebody and said inside your head, what the heck happened to them when they was a kid that they grew up like yep. this? Because I know I've, I've done it. You know, I've been in relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been in a relationship for God. I'm like, what the hell happened to you as a kid? Because this right. is so deep rooted in you. Why? Shake yeah. this off. But, you know, we're yeah, like so flowers. We're like yeah. flowers planted in a garden, right? And so mm-hmm. everything that's in that soil is what grows up, up in the flower. Mm-hmm. You know? Right, so right. all of the nutrients or all the toxins... You know, they're there together. Yep. So they yep. grow up in us, you know, because we're right. we're rooted and grounded in this. So, um, yep. you know, just getting over right. the tunnel, just trying to yep. learn a new way to behave. Like, you know, you ever be around someone who's always complaining? And then when you, oh, bring, yeah. it, when you bring it to them, all you do is complain. And they're like, what? No, I'm just having a conversation with you. Every time you have a conversation, you're complaining. They don't even realize they're doing it. Yeah. Right. Why are you always complaining? Because right. that's what you're rooted and grounded in. And yeah. that comes from trauma, you know? And, yeah. and how, how do you get healthy from that? You know, if this is all you ever knew, and this is what's right to you. And see, when someone mm-hmm. says that's just not right, you know, you get upset. Yeah. They get upset and, and they get angry and now they kick you out of their lives. And it's not that you're angry at this person. You just want them to see that there's more to them living than just the complaining or what they're doing. But yeah. now there's Here's a the truth. Kind of, kind of. The truth, you're, you're hitting with the, him, them with the truth. So that's different. You know what I'm saying? They know it's there. That's why they, they're upset with you. They know it's there. But... It's, it's from a learned behavior that they're not willing to, to stop at this moment. So you being the prompter to say to her or him, hey, you, you know, everything you talk about is, is negative. And, like, you know, they don't even realize it because they've been doing it for years. They've heard it for years, you know, mm-hmm. from the generation before. So they're doing it. And I'm pretty sure they probably are teaching their children to do it. So it's when you're the prompter, you're going to get treated like that. So that I think of that as um, God protecting you and just cutting the limb off right early. Yeah, creating a tribe for you, <laughs> taking it off. So it's take that, taking that off because we all grow at a different rate. And so, we, you know, we have a lot of people. I know I, I hear a lot of people say, that was my childhood friend. We've been friends for years. Yeah, but even a tree drops all its leaves every season. <laughs> and it doesn't go back and pick them all back up, right? right? It doesn't go back down and pick all the old leaves up that was, was brown and try to grow them back to life. Even they drop them every season. So we're not meant to be together for a season. And when, when, when you're the prompter and you're saying something to someone who's negative and they drop you, that's nothing but God pruning. He's pruning away from you. So you can create the right tribe. So there's no need for you to go, you know, and say anything else. You you said you just asked a a sweet question. Or made a sweet statement. You know, how many 
Maybe yeah. what God has preached. When people walk out your life, let them go. I mean, I've yeah. heard that from so many different men and women of yeah. God. And, you know, when I first heard that, I was like, but, and I had just recently had someone walk out of my life. And I, I felt I was in love with them. And I was like, yeah, but it hurts. And then you brought up, you know, the tree, you know, and pruning mm-hmm. can't be easy, you know, uh, yeah. having something cut off of you. Yeah, can't be easy. Mm-hmm. We don't hear the tree nope. say ouch, but we see the sap that goes yep. from the tree, which is uh, equivalent to the blood that's in our body. So getting yeah. pruned can't be easy, but anytime something is pruned, when it starts growing again, when it heals, it is so beautiful. Yeah. So and you got to remember too, when they're walking away from you, they're really walking. They're walking away from you because they're walking in their destiny, not yours. So you, I, I see it from a different point of view. If they walk away from you, because they're going their way and you're not going that way. So it's okay. It's okay. It's all okay, you know. And I can be just as nice to you the next day because that, because you're going your way. You have to go, go that way. I've come, I'm already past that. You got to go that way. So that's something you got to learn. And, that, and, that, and that's okay. You know, I've learned to, you know, accept that people are going to be who they are. And it's okay. It really is. And the less hurt that I feel, it's because I believe it's okay. Because they're walking where they need to walk and learn what they need to learn. Because I can't do it for them. That's good. Ms. Edna, we're going to go to um, a commercial break. And okay. if you can just hang out with us, I know Chef will be on soon. And once uh, Chef uh, comes and gives us our, our healthy tips, then we'll be right back to some more walking, marching, going into our destiny. <laughs> okay. All right, you guys, just hold on. CJ Sean, give us some of that, that girl power music.
about it on the Hilltop Radio Show. Thank you so much for uh, joining me. And if you're just tuning in, I'm Yvonne, the Motivator Man. And today's show is dedicated to women because it's International Women's Day. And you just heard 
702. Where's my girls at? From the front to back. And uh, Alicia Keys, this girl is on fire. I have to do a few birthday shout-outs. And Shoshona Walters, I hope you are out there uh, having a good time. Don't throw it in a circle too far because you need to pull it back out. Remember, girl, you get a little age on you. Be careful how you're throwing it. And Luna, Monica Simmons' granddaughter, is four today. Luna Boona, how are you, baby? Hope you're having a fantastic birthday. And I have to do uh, three birthdays coming up. My nephew, my oldest nephew, um, I call him my wisdom, Sakai Robinson, March 11th. My cousin, Tiffany Hayes, these two are cousins uh, from Florida. Happy birthday, girl. And Elron Yancey. I don't know if anyone has taught me more about weed and the world than L. Ron Yancey. So happy birthday to everybody. Wishing you um, really happy days. Wishing you a great year. And I can't go without, you know, giving some information about some great women, our four mothers. So this woman is Queen Nanny of the Windward Maroons of Jamaica. Her thought date of birth is 1680, and her death is 1750. And this woman was a political leader, military strategist, and an Obia woman. Y'all know what Obia is. If you don't look it up, I ain't going to tell you. She was born in Ghana, and she led the Macaroons, which were formerly enslaved Africans, to freedom and helped them build communities outside of formal slave societies. Now, if that is not a determined woman of destiny, no one else can be. She is like the mother of all uh, escapism. I believe Harriet Tubman probably took a page from her book, and she's recognized as a national hero, not only in Africa, but in Jamaica, and Queen Nanny symbolizes strength, unity, and sensuality of womanhood to resistance. Okay, so we've been waiting for uh, Chef Mark Anthony Bynum. By any chance, is he on the line, DJ Sean? He's not on yet. Okay, he's not on yet. So um, I'm going to go to my next fabulous woman then, and that is Queen Soraya Tarzi. She was the wife of Afghan King Amandula Khan. Queen Soraya Tazi was born in the Ottoman Empire, and she was the daughter of exiled Afghan intellectuals. She was brought up in Europe and had the best education ever. Now, this woman is the woman who blew the block off of polygamy. She was the one and only wife of her husband, which was a king. She stood up for women's rights, and she also would go out in public without her face and her head covered. She would go out in Af- Afghanistan unveiled, which isn't heard of. Uh, you do that today, there'll be blood running in the streets. They will stone you. So she was very much a forerunner of women's rights in a country that didn't give women rights. Um, Unfortunately, in 1929, her and her husband went into 
exile um, as civil war descended on her country. And basically, that's all the information I could get. So I'm assuming that they did kill her and her husband. But can you imagine um, in the early 1900s in Afghanistan, and you're the queen, the king's wife, and you're walking through a country that says that you should be covered and your face and your head is uncovered. That has got to be, um, you know, that had had to be a first. I'm quite sure it's very shocking um, and very scary because no one had done it before. But that's the reason why today is International Women's Day and we celebrate women all over the world that are doing very phenomenal things. So I'm going to go back to Miss Edna. And Ms. Edna, uh, when we left off, we were talking about trauma and getting over trauma. You know, if someone walks out of your life, let them go because, you know, everybody may come with you, but everybody can't go with you. So once we have gotten ourselves to a healed place, right, how is it that we present ourselves from, you know, that backward motion? Because what you're used to is what you're comfortable with. And a lot of times we slip back into you know, what we know we shouldn't do, but it's comfortable. It's what we know to do. So um, give us some pointers on how to fight for the right to live in the newness of who you are and not go back to your old nature. Well, one thing I um, think I just thought of a real quick, like, is to um, once you think that you're going to fall back into those old habits, um, you probably won't. Because once you realize and wake, kind of wake up to it, like, let's say for a habit of, um, you know, um, maybe not communicating with someone, you know, or saying um, if you want, okay, let's say the conversation, me and you talking, I don't like something you said. So my, my first response would be to shut down. So to get out of that, you have to realize that that's one of the things that you do. It's something, a mechanism that you created to protect yourself. So you realize that, and what you got to do is now, I'm out of that, you know, or what, figure out what triggered you. And now for me, every time I talked to my mother, I used to shrink down to a 12-year-old, no matter what age I was. And I, mm. and I said, what's going on? Like, what would, what would, why am I doing this? And I would act like a 12-year-old, literally, and I said, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And, and it, it was when she, she raised her voice that I was triggered. Now, I did this also in my workplace. As soon as somebody mm. raised their voice another octave, I, li- I literally shut down. So now I'm, I'm getting all this data. Hey, I'm doing this in a regular. So I gotta get, get control of this because I want to say some things. That's how you lose your voice. But once you do get a handle on it and you start to voice your opinion or say things back, and not let that trigger bother you. Let me just say, you won't go back to that. There's, there's no reverting back. You know what I mean? It's those, those patterns you won't go back to. But habits, they, you can fall back into those, but patterns you won't. Because once you figure it out, that's a pattern I've got. You know, that I've, it's generational. You know, the women don't talk back. They, you know, or they, I've been told that, you know, children should be seen and not heard. That's the belief system that I created. So I had I cower down to a twelve year old. This I took it everywhere as an adult. I took it everywhere. 
And I thought it was being humble, but it was really being silly. You know, I was living in my trauma. I wasn't being an adult. I was living in my trauma. So I had to address that and had to change that and give myself voice. Turn off the trigger and turn on your voice. Oh, I like that. We're going to say that again for the people in the back that might have been talking. Instead of listening, <laughs> turn off the trigger and turn on the voice. And that doesn't mean you yeah. have to tell nobody else. I ain't got You don't have to let them have it. But it's very no. easy for you to say, you know, what you're doing is making me feel uncomfortable. Right. Or, right. oh, I want you, or you're going to do, and you're like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's not something right. I want to do. You know, exactly. Exactly. When you use your voice, I'm telling you, you, you don't lose it. Once you use it, you don't ever lose it. It just stays. It, it boosts your confidence. It makes you feel fuller as a person and more authentic the more that you use your voice. And then you have place to, once you gain your voice back and your sight back from the clarity, then you start walking in your purpose because it's right there in front of you. So you just start walking and things start drawing to you and you see them as opportunities and not, not challenges. You see them as opportunities. You, you strategize how to use this as an opportunity versus oh boy, this is um, an obstacle, now what do I do? You look at it differently, you see it differently, you voice different, you speak different. So you'll never go back to backslide. You never never do that. Once you get that voice, you you won't do that. And I think that people should be aware of the fact that when you start speaking up to you, like, um, no, I don't want to do that, that makes me uncomfortable, or... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel to do that, or what you're doing makes me feel uncomfortable. When you start speaking up, that's not a place where people generally will accept you. And so uh, people who definitely try to keep you in control are going to, you're going to have to deal with their emotions too. And it's usually anger, frustration, because yeah. Yeah. Now, you can't, now you're not where I want you to be in this, in this particular right. area. Right. And, you know, it may look like you're fighting this person or you're struggling this person, but you're really mm-hmm. not. You're just standing up for you. So the right. more you stand up for you, that struggle is theirs, not yours. Right. Because right. they have to and you know the person you are. You have you ever talked to someone and said that, said your, spoke your truth or raised, you know, said what was truthful, they were stunned? You're like, they were like, and, and, and they have the same triggers as you. But they don't mm-hmm. expect the truth or you to have, of a person to have a voice, especially if they're a bully. You don't ex- they don't expect the person to have a voice. They don't expect you to say anything back. So when you do, they almost take flight because they're like, they don't know what to say or do. They're stuck. They're stuck in froze motion. You know, so they themselves have to deal with triggers. Yeah. And see, we have to understand that everybody is dealing with something. Um, And it's not necessarily up to you to deal with what they're dealing with, but just to understand that. You know, and maybe once they work their way through it, then you guys can come back together and then you can, you know, reform a relationship uh, with the two new people that are there not a relationship with uh, who 
you used to have a relationship with because the two of you are definitely new individuals now because you've worked on yourself. And so now you can work on your relationship. I think people think it's a bad thing to take time for themselves. You know, I laugh when people say to me, girl, you should have been married. And I always laugh and say, and I'd have been divorced again because there was stuff that I needed to work out for Yvonne. You know, singlehood yeah. for me wasn't by force. It was by choice. And it wasn't that I chose to stay away from, from men. I chose to work on Yvonne because I knew the parts of Yvonne that needed to be built up so that I could have a stronger relationship. You right. know, and... And I you think you're going to draw the person that you are. You always draw the person you are. So if you're whole, you're going to draw them. <laughs> that is definitely the truth. Um, that's when yep. I found out that I was a mean person because I kept getting all these mean guys in my life. And I was like, why? Because you're mean, Yvonne. Ooh, let me change. <laughs> let me change. Because if this is what the universe is seeing, that's not what I want to put out there. You know? Right. Exactly. Um, and if what you put in the universe is what you attract, then I want to put some good stuff out there. I want Yvonne that's to right. do good stuff. You know, I want Yvonne good right. stuff. You know, yeah. that's just like, uh, I hear one all the time say, he's such a liar. And I'm like, uh, where do you get that from? <laughs> right. Possibly the best you one of the You just pronounce the sentence on people. That's yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, so is it a possibility that that's what you are because like spirits, you know, exactly. tend, to, tend to seek out each other, you know, like mm-hmm. if you just ain't no game, you know, so liar, no liar, mean, no mean, cheater, no cheater, <laughs> you know. Same so, energy, same yeah. energy, that's all it is. And we so forget, all- we forget as people, we're human and we have, we're not just human, but we have energy. Don't you, do you ever realize that sometimes before you even walk in, people feel your energy? They like, you know, they turn, they look at you. They're feeling your energy before you enter the room. They're not, they're not seeing how beautifully dressed you are, but your energy is what enters the room first. That's what enters. It's energy. As you know, it's funny because when I was raised, right, I was a tomboy. My mom sent me to Barbizon thinking it was going to help, but she, she already had raised me so well that what I learned at Barbizon, I had already learned in my mama's house. And she would always mm-hmm. say two things. You just don't walk in the room. Like, I'd walk in the room and she'd snatch me back. I'm like, yo, you almost choked me to death, no? You know? She's like, you don't do that as a lady. You walk in a room and you let the room absorb you. You tell the sunlight. And then... You walk in. And then she says, mm-hmm. don't just flop down in a chair. You, you smooth yourself in a chair, you know? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, what you said about, you know, the energy that you have, you know? Yeah. We, don't, we don't think about when we walk in a room, we can either radiate that room with our light or we can dim it with our darkness. Yep. We can. And we Absolutely. have to... Yeah, we have to decide which one we're going to do and when we're going to do it and how um, we're going to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, that, so now that we we dealt with the trauma, we're not going back to our old person. We're mm-hmm. standing here 
with our destiny right in front of us, right? And we almost mm-hmm. can reach out and touch it, but we can't get there. Give us some pointers mm-hmm. on how to how to move toward that purpose, that destiny. Okay, so when you're you see your destiny in front of you, that's that feeling. You feel you know how sometimes you feel like this so much out there and it's inside of you and it's like you're ready to burst that's your purpose like you're close like you know that game hot potato you're you're hot you're hot no you're cold you're cold that you know uh-huh. like that thing you were now you're so hot what is it now what's stopping me well one thing is what do you want who are you uh... where are we going those are the things that you're asking yourself because those are questions that you really should have answered. Like, so you're looking at your purpose. You know that your, your destiny is there because all of this is really a flotation. Think of it as a flotation device for you, you to get everything you, you want out of life. That's, that's a, I'm thinking about a cloud. So when you, you're, you're looking at it, you're seeing it, and you just can't get there because you don't know, well, do you, do you have a plan to get there? Where, 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 where are we going? So this location device can take you anywhere you want. And the main question you're asking yourself, what do I really want? Because you're speaking it into the existence. Destiny is only the thing, the vehicle that gets you where you got to go. It's the driver. It's the transportation. But you have to create that. And if you don't know it, you're just standing there. It's like a taxi waiting. And the, and the, the, um, the I, what's that thing when it, it counts the money? You all forgot what it's called. Like in the city, you know, it's the yellow cabs. And okay, yeah. the money's running. And yeah. It's just running. It's sitting yeah, there running, it's taking running. up time. And you're right there. You're right there. But yeah, you yeah. don't know what you really want out of life. You don't. You don't, you, don't, you don't know where you want to travel to. You don't know what type of man you want. You don't know what type of car you want. You don't know anything. And I had a lesson from God about, I asked God for a car. And he gave me a car, a raggedy car, but he gave me one. And that was my lesson. Ask for what you want in specifics. Be very specific. So yeah. if you don't know some things, you gotta know where you want to go, what you want to do, you know, because your your perception of success and destiny may be different from somebody else's. So you don't want to pick their destiny. You don't want to, you know, I, I want to do what you know, sister so and so or you know, Oprah's doing. Or that's her destiny. That's their, you know, that's their destiny. That's not yours. What do you want to do? What legacy do you want to leave? And I I think that the self work we don't we don't do enough self work. We just yeah. you know get up in the morning and expect the day to go well, and if it doesn't, we get mad and say we had a bad day. And we don't um, realize that we are the author of our day. We put our yeah. day into basically into play when we open up our eyes. So the first thing you yep. do when you wake up in the morning, you roll over and grab your phone and see what's on Facebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or do you, or do you get up in the morning, you know, be thankful for the day, 
and yep. then think about your day. Think about mm-hmm. you in that day. You know, wh- yep. where am I in this day? We know you got to go to work or you, you got to do whatever you have to do, but where are you in this day and how do you want to see this day? You know, yep. um, the night before, hopefully, you wrote, I always call it a master plan. You wrote your master plan, yep. what needed to be done the next day. So then, you mm-hmm. you know, now that you're up and you're seeing yourself in the day, you're thankful for the right. day, you're giving thanks for that, thanks for life. You know, where am I in this day? And I go over what I have to do today, how I fit yeah. into what I have to do today. And then, you know, you meditate. Right. You know, I say affirmations in the morning. You know, that, yeah. that's, what gets, that, that's what gets me up. You know, you can say affirmations. You can pray. Whatever you do, but don't walk out of your door to get into your car, your Uber, your cab, your bus, your train to start your day without putting, you know, putting yourself in it. Because basically, you're allowing for anything to happen at any time. Yep. Yep. I always say I wake up, this is going to be a great day. No matter Mm -hmm. what happens, the challenge, if I get a challenge in the day, I said it's going to be a great day. So I overcome the challenge. I put it out there, the first thing, when I stress, this is going to be a great day. You know, and that's it, you know. Um, I was thinking of something when you was talking and I, I was, I had meditated for a while. There's so much hustle in us, and I wanted to say this for everyone. There's so much hustle in us that we don't accept when we have downtime. We don't mm-hmm. know how to relax. We don't know how to do that. That's overrated. That's a trauma response. Being busy is a trauma response. Doing something all the time is a trauma response. How can you ask for the universe say, hey, I want to make this amount of money so I have freedom and I want to have time. So when you get it, because it's just happened to me, I don't have nothing to do. And I'm like, what am I, I'm freaking out. And I'm like, oh, I can get up and go do this and I can get up and go do that. But mm-hmm. I had, it was a trauma response. It was a literal trauma re- response. Like I'm not doing anything. I need to be doing something. And it's, it's overrated. It's a trauma response to not being busy because we've been taught you've got to keep moving, keep, keep, move, keep moving, you've got to work, 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 work. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's not an abundant thought. It's a lack response. You ever remember when you were younger, like um, your parents and grandparents, your aunts and uncles, and they would catch you what they thought was doing nothing. Oh, you ain't got nothing to do. I got something for you to do. Come on in this house. Yep. They find something yep. for you to do. Yep. See, I'm a dreamer. Yep. And I can sit on the edge of my bed and fall into a trance, right? And come mm-hmm. out with, I, with ideas. Because I, I'm a mm-hmm. daydreamer. I'm a daydreamer. I can just dream. Right. I cannot tell yeah. you how many times. My mother literally, looked, you're not sitting here doing nothing, nothing. Oh, I got something for you. And I, I'm saying to myself that, I'm saying to myself, you came upstairs and you didn't have nothing to do. You heard it was quiet up here, so you wanted to see why me and Diane was not killing each other up. You ain't had nothing to do. You just realized it was quiet. So now you know that yeah. we got nothing to do. All three of us now have to be this. You know? Yeah. It's real trauma response. We've been taught to be busy all the time. And if you think about it, 
It comes from slavery. You yes. have to be doing something. Yes, yes. yes. You have to be doing you, something. You, you, you work imagine, for the master. Can you imagine if my mom would have said, what are you doing? And I would say thinking, and she say thinking about what? And I would have been mm-hmm. able to share with her what I was thinking at the time. Yeah, you'd be magnificent. <laughs> well, you'd be yeah, magnificent. You know, Let me tell you. you know, the thing is, my mom would have got a better insight on her child yep. and what they yep. wanted. Because yep. as a kid, I was sitting there and all I saw was the pictures of France and I wanted to go there to study art. And trust me, yeah. two blue-collar workers, they couldn't understand mm-hmm. So when I got on the stage and I was like, oh, my God, I'm home. I want to be an actress. They were like, you better get 20 years and out. And I, <laughs> yep. I, I, yep. <laughs> I watched my parents go to work mad, come back home mad and frustrated. Mad. Mm-hmm. And they hated that my mother literally hate, hated her job. Before she get in the house, we come down, hey, mommy, listen, I had to work with some crazy eight kids. I ain't going to come home to no crazy eight kids. Because my mother yeah. worked at Suffolk Developmental Center, which is Long Island Developmental Center, which yep. is serving okay, yep. for mentally retarded individuals, children. And yeah, adults. I used to work there. Ten years. So, <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, you mm-hmm. know, my mother's thing was, I got to work here. I'm not coming home to this. Now, neither one of us had done anything yet, but she just came through the door announcing that because she hated her job so much. You know, I said, I'll never work a government job. I'll never work 20 years. I'm never going to come home and just hate my job. And when that happens, I will leave my job. Yeah. And people are like, well, yeah, what about your career? I didn't go to school to be a doctor or a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So it was just over broke for me. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was a job. It yeah. wasn't a career. And when I I yeah. did work in my profession, which is the beauty profession, because mm-hmm. I'm a master cosmetologist, mm-hmm. I was I was at peace. And even though the yeah. boss was a horrible person, and everybody's like, oh, I hate her, I hate her, I hate her. I didn't I didn't even notice her because yeah. I was polishing nails, I was cutting hair, I was laying a perm, I was coloring hair. I was in my zone. And I could care less if she came in and it was a bad day for her. It was a beautiful day for me. And now that I'm a speaker, oh, my God, standing behind the mic is one of the best things ever, ever. And when I tell you, my mother's like, well, what is it? When you ask my mother, what does your youngest daughter, Yvonne, do? Because she knows. What does Diane do? Mm-hmm. Oh, Diane's a therapist and Diane's a minister. What does Yvonne do? Oh, she just run her mouth. <laughs> That's what my mother describes what I do. She she just runs mm-hmm. her mouth. It's so it's so insignificant in the world. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't but they don't know that. You know she's proud yeah, of me. They don't know so, that. Right. Don't get it wrong. She's proud of me. Yeah. I just do yeah. something that is intangible to her. Right, right. And they don't know. They don't understand that. Yep. Exactly. And 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 can we please can you please talk to women? that are doing something outside of the box, 
that nobody understands. And 95% of the time, they just want to stop because they feel like they're in this alone. And it's because it's not a tangible dream to someone else, they always want to give it up. But it's not supposed to be tangible to anybody else. It's only supposed to be tangible to you because it's yours. Yeah. Yeah, And see, that's what destiny is. But that's what destiny is. It's not like everybody else. Mm -hmm. That's what destiny is. It doesn't look like everybody else's. It's, it's suited for you. That's what that's what we all don't understand is it's not like everybody else. You know, um, when I went into you know church, I was in church, and I thought my destiny was in church. You know, evangelist, doing what people, you know, that that's where I was at. That was my place. So I figured that's where for me. You know, being in church and um, being an evangelist. But that wasn't my destiny. The pulpit wasn't my destiny. It was out in the field. It was being who I was, the original person. I still minister, but in a different way, in the way that original way that God created me, not for me to replicate and be like someone else. Can you please, can we please, can you please say it to the people in the front that was talking, everybody <laughs> is not supposed to be behind. Everybody wants that pulpit because you can see yeah, then, yeah. that's, no, that's yeah. notoriety. Right. You know, I know the call right. of my life, and the pulpit ain't got nothing to do with it. No, it has nothing to do with it. Not it for has, me. Listen, I was in church 29 years serving, and it has nothing to do with it. And guess what? I was unhappy when I got there and unhappy when I left. Yeah, see... Everybody wants a pulpit. I'm not saying there are people that shouldn't be in the pulpit. They should. Yeah. But for me, I there are know people on that assignment. There are people not, on that assignment. That's not what I'm I'm called for. And I really no. think if, if people would look and see, um, you know, the word says the vineyard is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Right. Because right. Everybody wants, hey, look at me. You're not given this right. gift for, hey, look at right. me. You know, I right. always say I went through what I went through in my life so that somebody mm-hmm. else won't have to go through it. Right, exactly. And so and you're, not meant, you're not meant to, to do that either. So, yeah. And if I don't tell my story, how do I help, you know, someone else? There's a couple Absolutely. of sn- there's snippets that I put on for, from my uh, conference when I was in Florida, and it was a women's empowerment conference, and I'm a domestic, you know, there's a domestic violence counselor. And I speak to mm-hmm. domestic violence because everybody thinks it's black eyes. No, it's when you are kept from the finances, and there's no mm-hmm. money given to you except for the paid bills mm-hmm. and and groceries, but you're not allowed to work, and you're not allowed to have any money. That's that's control. Mm -hmm. When someone is unfaithful over and over and over and over and over again, a serial cheater, that's domestic violence. You know, um, when someone Mm -hmm. beats you down and brings you down with their words, that's domestic violence. So when that snippet came out about, um, you know, being a serial cheater, I got a message from his sister, my ex-husband's sister. And I was like, you're the one who wanted to be my friend on Facebook. I didn't send you the invite. 
I guess she wasn't ready. What do you think he was gonna see? Yeah. What is what did you think what do you think the interaction was gonna be when you decided to follow me? Wow. You know, I I I will speak my truth. I will speak yeah, my you have truth. To. And I don't care if it hurts somebody else if you're part of that truth, but I, I will speak my truth. You know, I speak about my childhood growing up, you know. In, in church, you know, right. uh, having one one parent duly in church and another parent with extraordinary faith, but only going to church on the holidays, and how my father was told that he wasn't a good Christian because he wasn't there all the time. But my father's faith is what kept him going his whole entire life. Because when he passed, we went into his mobile home, which was his sanctuary, and there were scriptures everywhere. Everywhere. So, you know, we like to gauge people. You're successful if you make six figures or more. Yep. You're you know, you will you'll always break generational patterns. you always break, break generational walls. you always do that. And mm-hmm. the only way to do that is step outside the wall. You stay in the wall. You don't ever break any generational patterns. And we want to do that. But I think we have we have a society of young people that are looking not to break generational patterns. They just want to break the rules. And I yep. I I can't be too mad at them because I know in my teens and my twenties I was breaking rules too. But some yep. of the rules that are be, being broken now are the rules that's going to break down the, the foundation of our moral society. And that's what my fear is. That, that's my fear because if you live without any boundaries, you won't understand what it is to make them when it's necessary. And I think it's not even boundaries with young people. It's that it's our fault as adults not teaching them where they're from. So how can you go somewhere and you don't know where you're from? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I saw a clip today of a teacher that walked out of the classroom, stated, I'm leaving and I'm never coming back. And the kids were cheering. And, you know, the conversation online ensued about, you know, how people felt. And I was like, I did an afternoon program one time. And the parent literally told all the kids and everybody to listen how she was going to smack the hell out of Miss Man. Before I could get to my class, yo, Miss Man, Miss So-and-so said, she waiting for you. She's going to smack the hell out of you. Now I knew exactly who she was. She grew up across the street from my cousin. But because my last name was not Poole anymore, it was Man. She had no idea I was from a tribe called Poole, and she did not know the smoke she was getting ready to come up against. So when she came in the room and my head was down, and she started yelling, screaming, and cussing, and I just lifted up my head and said, Hi, Bernadette. That she almost lost her soul. She, <laughs> she, she had. She was like, you know, she couldn't even speak at that point. And I was like, okay, you're upset. Let's talk about what I decided to do as far as a disciplinarian action. Disciplinarian, 
and the action because of your son's behavior. Yeah. And so and now you're, and you're standing up, you're standing up some, some truth too. So, you know, truth um, doesn't need it. You know, truth stands by itself. And whether it, you know, you talked about your truth and everything. So, your truth was it was that they can't do anything but get angry, and they're angry at themselves. A lot of things is mirror is 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 their mirror of themselves. Mm-hmm. Really, really is. Right. So here it is. We have kids that have no respect for the teacher in the classroom. So how are we going to teach our children? It's bad enough they get a half behind education as it is. So now I can't teach them at all because they want to go to class and go book wild because they know that their parents are coming and they're going to act the same way. You know, so these are the young people. This is our future, okay? So it's kind of scary because our future has no manners and no morals. So what type of world is this What type of world is this going to be in the next 20 years when those 16-year-olds are 36-year-olds now, okay? And they're or they're 40, and they've been living their life reckless like this. Yeah, every 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 generation has their challenges. Every one of them do. And the best thing we could do is live by example and keep speaking our truth. That's really what it what it comes down to. And we're sometimes we're so afraid to to to, to share our truth because we have no trust in we have no trust. And who do we don't we don't trust is ourselves. We don't, that's the first thing. Our first love is ourselves. A five year old loves themselves regardless. I was you know, waiting for you. I was waiting. I was waiting for you to get there, Miss Edna. I was waiting. I was waiting. Because see, without that self love, you can't march into anything. You yeah, can't you do can't, anything. You can't. It matters. Yeah. yeah. It really matters. The love you of know? self. Well, we got to get some music going on, uh, DJ Sean, um, and Miss Edna. If you could just hang out, we'll be right back. Oh, and before we okay. go to break. Before we go to break, did you guys know I did a thing? And that thing is I wrote a book. I am an author. Um, and if you go to Lulu, that's L-U-L-U dot com, and put in Designated Survivor Beauty for Your Ashes, you'll be able to purchase my workbook slash journal for women, women of color that are struggling with, you know, just living your dreams. There's scriptures in it. There's little stories in it. I think you're going to like it. So please go to lululu.com, put in designated survivor, beauty of your ashes, and uh, support your girl. Support your girl. Yvonne Mann. You won't see Yvonne the Motivator Man. They just say Yvonne Mann. But support your girl. And I'm telling you, It'll be the best $14.63 that you have spent in 2023. And make sure when you buy the book that you send me, you know, a review of what you thought about it. So come on, DJ Sean. Let's give them some more good music. Miss Edna's going to come back, and then I'm going to release her because she's been hanging out for a minute. I love her for doing this with me. But we got to pay some bills, and we got to listen to some music. It's time to get a whole new perspective on Ram Trucks, because to us, 
there are no small jobs, no little tax, and when it comes to innovation, there are no modest ideals. No wonder why more people are switching to Ram than ever before. Ram Trucks, back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year.
And we are back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Let's Talk About It. I'm your host, Yvonne, the Motivator Man. I got the best DJ ever, DJ Sean. And my guest is Miss Edna White. And we've been talking about um, walking into our destiny, being able to overcome trauma, and just to live the good life. So I have another woman of uh, great purpose and destiny, and she is Isabella One. She was born in 1451, and she was born, I hope I say this well, Madrila de las Altas Torres. She's Spanish. She's from Spain. And she, Isabella One, that's what they ended up calling her, along with her husband, created a strong base for the Union of Spain. She was also the first woman who had her appearance on a United States coin. All right? You're from Spain. You got your picture on our money. Uh, yeah, that speaks to itself. I'm going to go on to the next one. <laughs> so this is France. I wanted to pick women from different regions and not of our time, but of history, because this is also Women's History Month. And this is Joan of Arc. And she was a symbol of French patronism and also Christianity. And she was known for her devout Christianity. And she also, um, you know, was really the forerunner of the French war against the English. Uh, eventually, she was captured, and uh, she was given to the English, and that's where she was executed. She's known for being burned at the stake only at the age of 19, and 25 years after her death, um, they declared her execution to be wrongly done, and she became a martyr, and so now she's the patron saint of France. And that happened in 1920. Now, this next lady, I love her, is Trotula of Salerno. And she was the first gynecologist. And she was the first woman in Europe that said women should not have to go through painful surgeries. And that's when they started giving us opiates to help us through uh labor pain. She was an advocate for that because she just thought there should be something to help us go through this thing called birth and we shouldn't have to die in labor from pain and, you know, if we're less stressful, our baby's less stressful. So um, she was the one that revolutionized gynecology. So we really kind of thank you Tortolula of Salerno. Okay, we we thank you. Yes, we do. Um, uh, some fun facts today. Uh, tomorrow is March 9th, which is Get Over It Day, and that's the day that is dedicated to getting over things like past hurts or uh, things in your past that have just kept you from going forward, which works for today because we're talking about marching into your destiny. So I have a really fun um, idea 
for Get Over It Day tomorrow. Uh, get some index cards and get you a little box. It doesn't have to be fancy, but if you want it to be fancy. And just write on each index card things that you want to get over. Uh, put it in that box. Take that box and put it in your closet. And then next year, pull it out and see how many of those things that you were able to get over in the year 2023. That that happens to do with self-work. That happens to do that has to do with self-care, and that and that should help you walk into your destiny for 2023. What do you think, Miss Edna? I think that's nice. I think that's nice. I like that. Do a lot of those exercises. Um, I don't like bucket lists, but I sure do love do it right now lists. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> yes, yes, and we don't make lists, right? We don't make no. lists, and, and we don't, it's almost like we don't plan for the future because I hear so many people say, I would have never imagined that this would happen. And in the back of my mm-hmm. mind, I'm like, I would. <laughs> yeah, I have to I, imagine I for the worst. Because I didn't see you do anything to prevent it. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I could definitely, I could see it happening. But, yeah, tomorrow's get over a day. So let's look at what we need to get over. There's a lot of obstacles, you know, that we could just step over. We don't have to let them keep building up brick by brick by brick by brick by brick. We can start breaking down Mm -hmm. some of those bricks. And, Miss Edna, what do you think (laughs) of some things that, we can put in place to break down the bricks and the obstacles or even the wall that we built ourselves because of our fear and of and our pain. Most of those walls, those bricks are uh, pain and their fear and their, their yeah. hatred and resentment and anger yeah. and bitterness. And how do we start taking brick by brick out so we can walk through and just get to the other side? So uh, I think that one thing that we could do is um, exercise it, you know, um, just like you know that you have this on your back. And um, I have I am doing a retreat next year that's called Bag Lady, and it's all about emotional, you know, wellness because a lot of what we go through is emotional. It's not the real essence of living. It's emotional. So triggers happen because we're emotional. And that, that's why we have these bags or book bags or pocketbooks full of bricks. So whatever we're walking, we're placing those bricks right down and placing them where we walk. We're just making uh, a path with those bricks that we've, you know, we've, we got. We turn around, pick them up, put them down again, and we just create them. But how to break the walls down is really understanding that you have these walls realizing you have them and take them down. It's as simple as that. It's taking them down. The number one wall there is is mistrust. Number one is mistrust because that leads to everything else. Hatred leads to everything else. Mistrust is the the, 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 the foundation of building these walls up. So now one I, has to learn. Go ahead. I, I got to be the devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I trusted people, and I got hurt, and that's why I don't trust nobody. Well, you got hurt because you didn't trust yourself to speak the truth. Uh, 
I love you, Miss Edna. I love you. <laughs> yes. Simple as that. Yes. You didn't trust yourself. So the first person you really trust is yourself. And then you can trust everybody else. But we're not, most people are not willing to be vulnerable and say, you know, I'm not good at that. They'll, you know, you'll have a conversation with somebody and you're like, yeah, you just keep talking, yeah, uh-huh, and don't know what they're talking about instead of saying, stop right there. I have no idea what you're talking about. Break it down. We're not willing to be that vulnerable mm-hmm. to learn. We're, will, we're willing to give out a whole lot of information, but not, we're not willing to stop and stop talking and listen and, and, and absorb and, and become, have a conversation. We don't mm-hmm. have conversations. We have people, we talk at other people. We talk at them. And yes. then listen to them to give an answer. So we, we have mm-hmm. to learn to communicate. And then once you communicate, you can take those walls down. You can take them down. Trust, communicate effectively, and then you can start taking those walls down. You can see, okay, they have a problem just like I do. So you can see where it's coming from, but still you can use your voice to say, okay, that's all well and good, but you can't, you're not allowed to hurt me like that. And that's, that's on every, every level. You know, I have learned, um, even coming from, you know, religious sector, pastors have hurt me. You hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm not supposed to say nothing about it. But I am, because we're on the same level. We're all human. So you don't have the right to talk to me like that. You don't have the right. You know, being a pastor, bishop, whatever, you got your papers, whatever, you don't have that right. No one has the right to hurt you. And you have the right to say something about it. So I think just effectively communicating that and not living in your emotions, just like not living in them, because emotions lead us all the time when it comes to building those walls. I'm putting this wall up because I'm not letting nobody hurt me. I'm never going to let this happen again. This right. did that to me. And you're putting it all up. You're creating the wall. It's just like when you start dating some young ladies and they start dating men, they tell them right away, well, this is what my ex did to me. And what do they say? What do men say back to you? Well, I won't hurt you like that. And guess what they do? They hurt you just like that. Because you, you put an ultimatum out there. You, gave you them put a it out there map. for them. Yeah. yeah. You, gave, you gave them a map to... You gave them a map. That is correct. Exactly where to go to hurt you when yep. they feel they need to retaliate from whatever you're yep. doing. That is correct. You, know, you gave uh, them that. You can't live uh, in our feelings like that. We can't. I, I had a woman tell me I was on and off in a relationship with a man for five years. He wasted my time. And I said, no, my love, you wasted your time. Well, he could have told me in the beginning he wasn't into me. I said, but through our whole conversation, you kept repeating he never gave you a title. He always called you his friend. So for five mm-hmm. years off and on, he was letting you know you're a placeholder. Yep. I know there's something better for me out there. Like, you don't aggravate me, but you don't fulfill me, so you're a placeholder. You're okay to stay right. here for now, but you won't be here forever. And how is he going to waste your time? Your time is just that, yours. Nobody can do anything with what's yours except mm-hmm. for you. Okay. So you and I'll ask you the question. Up. I even ask the question, well, what's wrong with me that I'm allowing this to happen? Forget about him. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with me? 
that's how that I'm letting this happen to me. And you know, it is never, ever, ever their fault. They, they, there's no. never anything that they do is someone else. It's so easy to put it on yeah. someone else instead of, you know, looking at you and saying, hey, I opened the door for this treatment. Yeah. I opened the door, yeah. And we, yeah. we do it We do it a lot. We do it a lot more than we, we want to admit. And that that's what's discouraging. We open the door. We give people power over us. And it's not to say that we we can't share with them information, but you come from a place of, of, of being really pure and genuine, no one's gonna use that information against you. No one. When you're just you just you're just sharing too much, trauma dumping and you you're trauma dumping. when you're telling people things like that, like you said about the young ladies, that's trauma dumping. I'm I'm dumping this on you now. I'm dumping this on you now. You don't go into relations. So so many times we're afraid to be by, be, um, not a, not alone, but be you know um, just be, just be without someone. We're fr- we're afraid to do that. We're afraid to to, to be al- alone with ourselves because if we be alone with ourselves, then we can see a whole lot that's wrong. But you don't want to do that. You want to blame somebody else. You want to get somebody else to fill the void, and make them responsible for. For that hole that's still in us, and no matter what we do or have, who we have, that hole never gets filled. So it's something and we I, have to fill up. I also think that we're scared to be our authentic self. So then we take on another persona that we think that people mm-hmm. will be able to accept because we don't think they're going to accept us. Right. And thus, thus having the mask on and having mm-hmm. the hats on. That's why I don't like that phrase, oh, we have so many hats. No, we don't. We have one hat. We wear it well. It'll fill all the spots. We don't have different hats. Mm-hmm. No, we don't. We're one person. We could do many things. It didn't say many gifts, so how can mm-hmm. we juggle all those hats? While we're juggling hats and masks, we're not getting full, the full fit of life. We're not, we're not embracing that. So going into the next month, okay, we're in the first, the first three months of the year, okay, and that's where everything happens, just like when a woman, you know, carrying a baby, everything Mm -hmm. that's going to happen happens in the first three months, the first trimester, and if this woman is, does not have a viable womb for this baby, this child could either have birth defects, or just die in uterine. So we yep. don't want our destiny to die in uterine. You know, right. we want to prepare a healthy womb for um, our dreams to be birthed. You know, yep. I don't know about exactly. else, but I've given birth, you know. And right now, I really feel pregnant. I do. I have so many things that I know that will be coming out of me that I remember that uncomfortable feeling in the beginning, you know, with the mm-hmm. morning sickness, you know, at the beginning of a project, and I remember the stress on my uterus when I was almost ready to deliver. So there's some mm-hmm. projects that I have that I have morning sickness, and then there's some projects I have where I have the uh, pressure 
on on, mm-hmm. on the u- on the uterus because I'm about to give birth. So I'm at both right. stages, and I think you know there's probably quite a few people that are listening that can say, "Yeah, me too," because I have you know some things that that's going mm-hmm. on. So mm-hmm. how do we keep these babies alive? How do we stay healthy mentally and physically when you're at the beginning of this or you're at the end of this? Because, you know, anywhere in between, some drastic things could happen, mm-hmm. and, and, and the babies that you're carrying, they have to come to birth. They have to be birthed. They don't have to be birthed alive, though. Some of them no. can die in uterine. So yeah. as we go forth, these babies that we're carrying, these things, these businesses, these life change, these books, um, these products, these services, all of this stuff that, that we're, we're right now, we're an incubator for until we get birth and it, 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 it gets to inhale and exhale on its own. You know, right. how do we keep ourselves in a healthy state going forward? Well, one thing that we do a lot, and I find that when we in procrastination and when we, like you were talking about the birth of the baby, we don't plan. We don't have no plan. We have mm. no plan, okay, and we need to plan. We need to put, and we need to get into action. Part of procrastination is sitting there expecting someone else to do it. And then there's times when we overindulge in too much information, like one of my clients Every time I spoke to her, I saw this video, saw that video. I said, okay, why are you watching all those videos? Are you making a video? We're not doing the things that we need to do for our own business. Are we making videos? While you're going to somebody else's seminar or workshop, are you creating a workshop? We're we're gathering all this knowledge to go nowhere. We we have this baby to go nowhere because... We're, 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 birthing, we're, trying, we're getting ready to birth the child to go nowhere, to go nowhere, because we have no plan, no action. You know, sometimes I feel like the baby's in the birth canal and I got my legs closed. I'm like, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. No. no, no, and you're saying no, exactly. You're saying no to the universe. When you cut everything, just cut everything off, you're, and you're closing your legs, and you say, you're saying no to the universe. So what can the universe do? You're sending the universe mixed messages. Either I'm bursting something or I'm not. There's no in between. I don't know if I can or I, I, I should I or they're gonna say something. There's none of that. There's none of that. That is just I'm gonna have a baby. Point blank and period. I'm gonna have a baby. So let me plan for this. Let me get all everything in order. I'm gonna do this business. Let me get stuff into action. Let me go buy some of the products I'm look I'm looking at online. Let me go buy some. Let me let me support somebody. Let me do something to somebody else. We're not we're not doing those things. We're we're so fixated on learning more because again, we're doing those things that, you know, um what we, we, we we're deprived of. Like so we're living in lack. That's what it is. We're living in the lack mindset. And that's where you got to get out of, is living an abundance mindset. So what does that mean? It means everything has power. Everything that I'm going to do, everything I touch has power. It's going to be something. 
That's the abundant mindset. If that's what that is, you turn that on and you turn off that enslaved mindset that I can't do, I shouldn't do, I'm going to upset somebody, I'm lost, you know, I don't know if I can do this. That's all that. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. And I hope um, our listeners, are, you know, they. I hope they have a, a piece of paper and a pen and they're writing down, you know, the stuff that you're giving them because basically you just gave them a blueprint from beginning to end. If, you know, people, if you guys are listening from the beginning to where we are now, Miss Edna just gave you a whole entire blueprint. Now, mind you, as a life coach, you pay for that. And she was nice enough to come on here this evening and give you a blueprint, you know, uh, to work past your trauma, first and foremost. Think about what it is you want to do. Think about who you need to help you. Think about your circle. That, that That is going to be your circle of help, but the people that moving forward are going to move with you. Yeah. You know, and, and once you, you get past that and you start structuring stuff, make sure you're authentic to yourself. Do some self-work. So now anybody that comes in your life after this time will know exactly what you mean because you mean what you say and you say what you mean. Yep. And they'll come to you. You don't have to look for them. That's the, that's the you know, we, we see all these coaches, and I've, I think I've interviewed over 160 coaches since having my podcast. And, and I tell them all the time, I ask them, how much money are you making? Well, I do this for you. I think I didn't ask you that. Ask you how much money you make. And if you're not making the money, there's no need to be calling yourself a life coach. There's no, there's no need because you're gonna. If you're not living in your authentic self, you're not gonna draw them. They're gonna come to you. Just, it's automatic. It's just automatic. And you know where you want to go. It's just automatic. It's really, it really is. It's automatic. Living when you live authentically. I'm telling you. I can't, I will never trade places again with my authenticity, never, never. Mm-hmm. Now everything just comes to me. It's like you're a magnet for everything that's good. You're a magnet for it. You know, so I stutter. You know, I may mispronounce a word or slip on a word, you know what, but I keep recording. And if you don't like it, you ain't got to listen to it. But somebody yeah. loves me. You you know I'm you know I'm right there with you. I'm like you know what? Look at here, y'all. I'm not Facebook savvy, but I got something to say. Yeah. So yeah. that's what showed you me off was the beginning that didn't go so well. Okay, then you missed the whole point. And I believe yeah. by doing that, the people that come to us for our services get one thing, if nothing else, just keep going. Never, yeah. ever stop. Yep. And as you as you go along, you'll meet people. Uh, you know, they'll, yep. like you said, people will come to you. You know, I've gotten gigs, uh, speaking engagements, because I did something for someone else and they saw it and they said, hey, 
I want you to, you know, come speak. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. And then I'll speak there, and they'll say, oh, my goodness, I was in the audience, and I want you to come speak here. And after a while, you booked and busy. Yeah. You booked and productive. That's right. That's where you want to be. Totally booked. So if you have. And you're doing something you love, you know? Yes. If you have a business and it's, Mm -hmm. it's just floundering right now, ask yourself, what are you doing to give it life? What are you doing? If it's drowning, have you given it a life raft to stay afloat until you can get to it and pull it out of the water? Are you just watching Mm -hmm. it drown and say, well, pretty soon it'll stop screaming because it'll go totally under, and then I can sit there with my hand, you know, my head in my hand and say, well, I tried. Did you? Yep. You know, did you? No. (laughs) No. Uh, Mm Mm-mm. No, you didn't. Miss Edna, thank you so much for joining us You're tonight. Welcome. You gave me more time than I ever thought you would. But you know what? I always love doing stuff with you um, because you are just an exciting person. You have a lot of wisdom and you have a lot of insight. Thank you. And I can't believe you listeners didn't call in because this was an excellent space for you to call in and ask your questions and get your information that you need. Mhm. Well, well they are the put replay, so maybe there'll be that'll happen then. You know. Well, you know, Miss Edna, give people um, your information how they can contact you. Well, you can find me on all social media at EJW Coaching. Find me there. You can find my books. You can find anything. Everything is on EJW Coaching, on Instagram, um, Twitter, and on Facebook. And everything's there. My books, I've written 25 books and kind of worked with somebody, you know, co-creating another four, but I'm there. And you guys, please remember, this is my personal friend. So don't go contacting her talking some ridiculous mess because I'm going to know because we talk all the time, okay? And I don't want to have to come shout you out because of your behavior. Just want to let you know. Like the beginning said, it's all right. you know. I think like I can take call. it. I, I, I think I can take it. I'll, I'll, I'll laugh a little bit. I'll like laugh me and Sean say, we'll take your calls and your comments, but watch your mouth. Because we talk Watch back. Watch it. That's right. Watch it. <laughs> we talk back. <laughs> we talk back. Until we speak again, I wish you yes. life, love, and happiness. And be well. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much. All right. Bye now. We need to give them, bye-bye now. We need to give them some more music before we get on out of here and I give my closing remarks. Girls, you know you better. Watch, Watch out. out. Some guys, some guys are only about Called you again. Uh, Remember when he told you he was about to bend uh-huh, the man? Yeah. You act like you ain't him. They give him a little 
the trend to began. Now you think you really gon' pretend like you wasn't down and you called him again. Plus when you give it up so easy, you ain't even fooling him. If you did it then, then you probably yeah. talking out your neck, then you're a Christian. I must slam sleeping with the gin. Now that was the sin that did Jezebel in. Who you gon' tell when the repercussions spin? Showing off your ass that you're thinking it's a friend, girlfriend. Let me break it down for you again. You know I only said cause I'm truly genuine. Don't be a hard rock when you really are a gin, baby girl. Respect is just the minimum. You still defending them now. Lauren is only human. So think I haven't been through the same predicament. Now sit inside your head like a million women in Philly pen. It's silly when girls sell their souls because it's sin. Look at where you be in. Hair weaves like Europeans. Fake nails up by Koreans. Come again. Brother, call a girl a bitch or a hoe. 
trying to make a sister feel low. You know all of that got to go. Now everybody knows there's exceptions to this rule. I don't be getting mad when we playing it's cool. But don't you be calling me out my name. I bring rap to those who disrespect me like a dame. That's why I'm talking. One day I was walking down the block. I had my cut off shorts on right because it was crazy hot. I walked past these dudes when they passed me. One of them felt my booty, he was nasty. I turned around red, somebody was catching the rat. Then the little one said, yeah, me, bitch. And laughed. Since he was with his boys, he tried to break fly. I punched him dead in his eyes. Who you calling the
it is said that no man is an island by itself, and that goes for women too. Build your tribe. Make sure it's people that you can trust and can trust you. When you put a product or a service out there, remember your name is on it. So if something happens where it is less than what it's supposed to be, do not turn a blind eye to it or ignore it. Immediately apologize and make it right. That may mean that, okay, give me back that product. It wasn't 100%. I'm going to give you a free one. You know, okay, I'm sorry that, um, you know, you came to an event. You thought it was going to be something else. You know, I'll give you a ticket to the next one free. Never be scared to give give someone something to make them feel better when they bought something from you and it made them feel bad. You know, we have to we have to level up, you know, in our services. We have to level up in our products. We have to level up in our businesses and we have to level up in our lives. Because our children are depending on us to show them a better way so they can build a better world. So with that being said, thank you so much for uh, coming along with me on this journey this evening. I hope you you are able to take a little something away, tuck it in your pocket. You know, on your journey, you'll be able to pull it out and use it. So until next Wednesday, peace and blessings, y'all. DJ Sean, take us out of here with another great song. And you know what? Until next week, DJ, until next week. But while DJ Sean is getting that record, I still got a few minutes to talk, and I guess. Make sure you go to lulu.com, L-U-L-U.com, and purchase Designated Survivor Beauty of Your Ashes. It's a really good workbook. You can put it in your pocketbook, ladies. You can take it out when you're on a plane, you're traveling. You can take it out in the lunchroom on lunch break. You know, if you're on the train, you're in your Uber, your Lyft. It is something, it goes right in your pocketbook. It's so, it, it, it's not a big book. It was made for you to carry, for you to work on it, for you to work on you. So make sure you go to L-U-L-U, that's Lulu.com, Designated Survivor, Beauty of Your Ashes. If you need more information, please feel free to email me at my name, Yvonne Mann, Y-V-O-N-N-E, man 7 at gmail.com. Until next week, y'all, peace and blessings. Peace and blessings.